Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I get to speak with my good friend, Carrie Ransom. I, I got to work with Carrie over 10 years ago at a, one of our favorite companies, um, Web Visible, and we all left and did great things. And, and uh, I'm happy to say that I've been in connection with a lot of the people that I worked with at Web Visible. And Carrie had a really amazing role at Web Visible. And um, since then, he has done some really amazing work in the local business. And he's just creating some really long term value because we, as marketers and as companies, we, and as human beings, we want instant gratification, but then we forget about what it takes for that overnight success. And yeah. <laughs> Carrie has, you know, and from my perspective has done some, some, some of these amazing things. So I'm really happy to bring Carrie onto the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for having me, Janaid. Great You're to, uh, so great to hear your voice and, uh, and reconnect. It's, it's been far too long. Yes, absolutely. So I don't even know where to start. I mean, you started, um, with your professional career as a, uh, I would, I would like to say into sales or was it more into, Commerce, I mean, tell us a little bit about the beginnings and then the middle and then, you know, where we are today. Sure. So I, uh, I, I grew up in a family business, so I kind of got to do everything from yeah. a really young age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I learned, I, I like to say I learned everything I know about business from my father, my grandfather growing up mm -hmm. really alongside them in a multi-generational business. And we were in retail. So I had to figure out how to sell because people were coming in, in some cases, making a decision on whether to buy or not or what to buy. Mm -hmm. um, so I also had to be good at problem solving. Um, we were, a, we had a hardware store and I had to quickly learn when somebody came in with the, the parts from underneath their kitchen sink in their mm -hmm. hands that I had to help them try and figure out how to piece it back together or figure out what was broken. And so it just, it, it, really taught me that I needed to um, help lead people, help them solve problems and, and really be a face of the family and a face of the business mm -hmm. um, because we were, we were in a community and that community had been there for a long time. We'd been in that community for a long time and how we made people feel, how we treated them. If it was good, they were probably going to come back. If it wasn't yeah. good, they were probably going to tell a bunch of other people and that was not going to be good for us mm -hmm. uh, over a long period. And so we were very involved in the community 
And I just got that all embedded in me really, really early on. And that has stuck with me um, through a whole host of uh, places and seasons of life that yeah. I've been through. And so I got into uh, to business and I decided to go work for a really large company right out of college. Mm-hmm. And I ended up deliberately taking a role in sales, although I wouldn't say it was specifically sales. It was really yeah. more customer relationship management because uh, I was working with a company called Procter & Gamble. We had a whole bunch of really well-known household brands. Mm-hmm. And the stores that we were working with really didn't have a choice whether to carry those brands in their store that, yeah. you know, they were in almost all cases spending far less on marketing than P&G was. Yeah. And so if a consumer came into their retail store and they didn't have Tide or they didn't have Bounty paper towels or Crest toothpaste, mm-hmm. they probably were leaving and going somewhere else. And so it was an interesting the initial experience in where leverage and negotiation and relationship building uh, can be. Cause in some cases they resented the fact that P and G was better known or the brands are better known than, than their store. Mm. Uh, and so that was, that was really fascinating. Uh, and I just didn't see a long-term excitement in that business. And I was really lured by technology. I'd played around with computers as a kid um, I, you know, I felt like soap and paper and these kinds of categories were interesting from how brands were built and stories were told. But I just, I was really of the belief that technology was going to have an increasing impact in changing the world and how we did things. Yeah. And so I wanted to be a part of that. And so I uh, had to talk my way into a job in a software company. And mm-hmm. so I decided to, to join a software company. And the, the logical role was to be in sales mm. uh, because I had had a sales-like role. So I, I, I tried to get into several software companies. I finally talked one into hiring me and did that and really had fun with it. And I think, you know, what I really started to learn there is um, you, you kind of eat what you kill. And mm. it was on me. I, you know, it was a pretty small company. I was a, a, on an island by myself. The company was based in Seattle. And they were launching a new product that was fairly unclear how they were going to go to market. And there were a handful of us spread around the country. And I had to really figure out how to do the entire, what I'll call go to market. So I had Mm. to create the marketing strategy. How was I going to identify who my ideal contacts and prospects were? What was the value proposition of why they were going to be willing to meet with me? to even consider doing this and what was the, the return on investment if I could actually successfully sell them. And it took some experimentation. The first several months were pretty tough. Um, and I, you know, I did things like my own set up my own direct mail campaigns and Mm -hmm. um, did a lot of things to try to figure out how I could get some leverage, how how I could get some efficiency and scale. And and this is, you know, over 20 years ago when a lot of these, things just weren't systems and we didn't have a lot of the tools and technology that we now have to even help people with that as a, as a small business. But I was almost a small business within uh, a little bit bigger software company and started to have some success and started sharing some of these practices with some of my colleagues in other parts of the country. And the company started to have some success and that 
uh, ended up leading to another job at another company. And, you know, just as, uh, as I learned from the first one, um, I, you know, it got me excited about other things I might be able to do. And that's what, you know, led me to sort of pick my head up and, and look at, uh, another opportunity where I could do more, grow more, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, did that. And then all of a sudden the dot-com crash hit hmm. in the uh, early 2000s. And the company that I was in, I could tell was going to probably struggle for a while. Yeah. So I decided to actually finally move to California. I'd wanted to go to California for a long time mm-hmm. and I didn't really have the, the entry point and I used business school at grad school as an excuse to move there. And so mm-hmm. I thought that the economy was probably going to struggle for a couple of years yeah. after that dot-com crash. That would be a good time for me to kind of wait out the downturn and figure out what did, what did I want to do next? And so I moved to California, um, joined uh, UCLA as, as a grad student and mm-hmm. got my master's. And during that time, I decided to to actually stay in technology. A lot of my classmates were going into areas like real estate and consulting mm-hmm. and banking, but I really had that bug for technology and, and wanted to be around that. And so I uh, found a startup software company uh, that ended up uh, bringing me to Orange County mm-hmm. because it was based there. And that was really the first of a whole series of technology companies that I've been involved with uh, here in Orange County over the last 15 years. And you know, what, what a lot of them have, have given me the opportunity to do is to come in, really help, uh, in most cases, help a founder or founders really start to figure out the business and start to grow and scale that mm-hmm. business. And I've been able to, in, in many cases, invest in those companies yeah. as well as join them at a formative stage and be part of that growth team as a company goes through that. Uh, early to, to mid-stage growth and yeah. have even now been through some scenarios where we've exited companies and, and moved on. And so mm-hmm. I've sort of seen the entire cycle uh, several times. And I think that's now put me into a place where I can be uh, a really helpful advisor yeah. uh, and executive to founders because I've been through so many companies either mm-hmm. hands-on in the trenches as an advisor, as a board member, as an investor, that I have a pattern recognition that's higher than most people probably get in their career because I've just done it at such a high velocity yeah. over the last 20 years. And so I draw, draw on those experiences daily. I try to remain uh, open-minded and humble about all the experiences I've had the benefit of having. And now I'm really starting to, to look at how do I provide the benefit of that experience to other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who are starting their journey and how it can be as helpful and valuable to them along the way. And so continue to really want to be part and still love yeah. uh, the technology revolution, but I'm, I'm doing it now in uh, a variety of different ways. That's really amazing. And, and the one thing that I, that I, you know, noticed the first thing that like off the bat was like, cause I look at, you know, what does, what have the people that I talked to, what have, what environment were they brought up in? Right. You 
growing up in an environment where, you know, your parents, your, your grandparents running a business for over a hundred years, right? So you automatically have this education without even going to school mm-hmm. on how, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level of leg up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that puts you ahead of a lot of people who are just starting, you know, just coming out of college and starting a business because, or running a company or starting a company because they, you know, went through the school system to do something that the school system doesn't teach you. Sure, you have to go to college to, you know, they teach you, but it's not real world experience. That's and a great so you, point. Right. So you had that early 10 years before you even go to college, before you even go to high school, all of the stuff that you're learning, it's it's now ingrained into you and, and the way you look at things, right? Having that oversight, having that ten thousand foot view of how the world works or how systems work in place is, is really an amazing advantage. It's, it's like they say, you know, um, like Bill Gates was in the right space, right place at the right time and having access to the right technology, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which enabled him to build the software for IBM that IBM was looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody in that time had access to a mainframe computer. Even engineers that were working there only had like four or five hours per day where Bill Gates here, he had 24 hours access to this computer that nobody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so, right. That's right. so, so looking at that and your journey and you know, how you were able to look at things and having that, you know, 20 years of experience is, is monumental, but even starting, like even before that you had, you know, 15 years of experience, you know, dealing with customers, dealing with how to sell things or, you know, how to solve people's problems. So that's, that's really amazing. Yeah. I, I uh, definitely have not spent an, enough time and I, and I've spent a lot thinking mm-hmm. about what are those, what were those experiences? How do I, I mean, I have three kids now yeah, and I've definitely contemplated how I can try to get them some of those early experiences because yeah. uh, as much as it, there were times that I probably didn't want to go to work, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, I, I really value that. And, you know, I learned things like not asking people to do jobs that you wouldn't do yourself. Right. Yeah. My dad would do any job that was necessary. He, yeah. Um, just the, the pride of ownership. I, I was part of the family, so I felt like an owner, but yeah. you know, the way that, that people were treated in the, that worked there, they were treated as part of the family. They were yeah. extended family. And yeah. so it was definitely a familial environment. And I, I think that, you know, led to people staying there for long periods of time. And we had people who, had spent their entire career in the family business and then their kids spent their entire career. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were part of our family. And I think that as a, as a psychological way to work with and and lead and and manage people is a really powerful one and not to be manipulative, but that it's like, it's a, it's a real authentic, um, 
part of who I am. And I've mm-hmm. just tried to keep that out in front and, yeah. and be that. And, you know, at times that hasn't fit the environment that I've been in and, but I've been better over time mm-hmm. in evaluating not, can I make this company be like me, but yeah. um, can I, you know, can I fit? Because fit is fit in the culture and creating the right kind of culture for the right company is so critical yeah. to success. And, you know, really no, nobody wants to be a part of something that's not successful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think you, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to be part of something that can be really successful, but we're just, we all have our biases. We all have our, our blind spots and you know the more self-aware we are about our capabilities and our natural preferences and yeah. um, psychology behaviors the the better we can put ourselves into positions where we can really be our best self and yeah. that's going to more likely be successful and so i've gotten much better uh in over time mm-hmm. in helping people with that and even helping myself with that and yeah. holding myself responsible and saying, look, if, if I'm not in the right culture, if I'm not in the right role, mm-hmm. I need to do something about that. Yeah. And as a leader, if other people aren't doing, being their best self, aren't in the right company in the right role, help them yeah. and, and not just push them out, but, help them either understand do they need to make some changes or is there just a place that should be better for them? And all those are all right. But you know, our, our human potential is maximized when we're really in a place where we can grow and flourish. And that doesn't mean always, you know, go pursue only your passion. There's, there's, you know, I, I think I vacillate, not all of our passions are, are meant to be our life's work. No. Um, but you know, finding those opportunities for people to, to really be their best is, is where I find a tremendous amount of joy and satisfaction. That's, that's really cool. And, and having like having the authority or having that experience and being able to help, because like you mentioned earlier, you know, you've seen it from every single angle, every single step of the way what it takes to establish a company, what it takes to grow a company, what it takes to create that culture. So that really gives, that's really cool. I mean, are you writing a book? <laughs> I'm not. I, uh, <laughs> right. But I, do. I, I, you know, I, I feel like all this has been written. I don't know. Yes, that I have that's true. Unique, unique true. perspective. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, certainly will validate that there's a lot of, of really great human wisdom and, and thinking out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that we, we, I, I'm still on a, a very deep learning journey mm-hmm. about myself, about the world, about purpose. And, you know, that that's what keeps me really excited and engaged. And I, I have a strong desire to keep making the world better. I just think yeah. there's so much, so many problems still, you know, each new idea, each new breakthrough, uh, 
is amazing, but also new problems arise every day that need to be solved. And so Absolutely. it's just such a, we're just in such a dynamic world that I want to continue to be deeply in the middle of, of that. Yeah. And I see that you are doing some of that with your, with your podcast, Accelerate OC, right? That's true. I, I, you know, I'm trying to give a platform mm-hmm. for the the people that I admire or really am curious to understand more about them Yeah, and the, the great work that they're doing in innovating or building uh, the innovation community here in Orange County. And yeah. I think um, as a, as a community of 34 cities and three plus million people, yeah. we're not as, well aware and uh, mm-hmm. connected as we could be. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, my small little endeavor to try to create more visibility to some of the, the great business leaders and innovators in our community and, yeah. and use, you know, use their stories to inspire others here to find their own passion yeah. to pursue or contribution that they think they can make as we continue to evolve the, the community here, which is, is a very dynamic mm-hmm. place, uh, but also a very, for many people, a very comfortable place. Yes. And I think that, you know, in one respect, we need to be a little bit more uh, urgent and motivated to, mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable and, and keep, um, keep it as dynamic as it has historically been. Yeah. Nice, nice. So when when we talked about, you know, having or giving opportunities or or presenting opportunities to our children, like I have three kids too, right? And so I am constantly, you know, telling them, you know, or telling them or teaching them or, or showing them, you know, this is like you've got to do the hard work. You've got to given you like put in the time Mm -hmm. to be good at whatever it is that you embark on. Um, You know, if you're, if you want to play sports, you got to spend the time, you got to, you know, you got to go to the practices, you got to do the work. And for example, you know, I'm into video videography and and I've got my kids shooting video now with their little cameras. I was like, when you are shooting video, you want to focus on what's the story that you're trying to tell you know, you don't, don't be just rambling, just, you know, tell a story that's going to invite um, inquisition or, you know, invite the, what's that word? Basically invite people to be interested in, you know, what, what are you trying to share as a story? Because as human beings, when they, we're, we're all so storytellers and, and we, all want to tell a good story that will, you know, tell a moral, you know, learn what's a, what's the lesson we're learning. What's the, you know, what's the story about and how can we be better humans and, and to our fellow man. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing that resonated was how you had the access to, you know, your grand, your grandfather and your father, in running the business. And that's something that Robert Kiyosaki actually talks about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
right? He mm. talks about, you know, this is, there's two different dad types. It's mm-hmm. not that, you know, they've, they both worked hard or not, but one, there's different mindset that you can find that's going to get, take you to the next level or to the path that, you know, you're trying to think because school systems are great and they are designed for a specific purpose and they, they need to be reinvented for this generation. And um, it's, it's, it was really interesting what he mentioned, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, you need to give your kids at 10 years old this book so they can learn the difference between what it is that they're going to be facing for the, for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's, 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 really it, fascinating. It, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I uh, haven't spent enough time talking with my father mm-hmm. about how prepared and structured and deliberate he was in his parenting. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's a really significant job as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more, more than, certainly I view it as my most important job. Uh, and, something I don't know that um, we're, we often are well prepared for. And I, I, yeah. I sort of look at it as every day, I feel like I'm figuring it out in each phase yeah. of, of my kids' lives. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to stay a little bit ahead of them, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have a, a really great partner yeah. who's been with me for a long time to, mm-hmm. to do, it, do it with. Um, exactly. and, and she's, I always feel like she's, she's more natural at it than I am even, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I'm very blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's important to have a good partner that's, that, you know, covers our, our, um, things that we, we, that we're missing, right. You know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. cover our, our faults or they fill in the gaps that we're missing. And, and that's, that's pretty amazing. You know, one thing, um, Will Smith was saying to Trevor Noah on, on that interview, and he was like, you know, what are you teaching your children? Because you've gone through such an amazing life being so successful in so many different things. And I was like, well, I'll let them do what they want to do because the things that I went through happened to me because I was in a certain place. But I want them to experience it on their own, their own, you know, so it's really like a very open mindset. It's like, I, I don't tell them like, it's, it's mm. not a blueprint that you can follow and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So as parents, it's, it's really, I guess, important. Well, not guess, but it's definitely important to have those opportunities presented to our children so they can be better than what our opportunities were, I guess. Yeah. So they can be successful in the future. Yeah. The world's different, right? The world's different and will be different for them than it's been for us too. So it's, uh, I think far different in the next 20 years than the last 20 years have been. I cannot, I cannot even imagine where it's going to be, but I'm pretty excited for them. (laughs) Yes. Right. Um, I mean, the technologies that we have access to, um, a lot of the things that we discover these days is, you know, there's um, kids coming out, coming out of high school or coming out of college that 
don't own a driver's license or don't own a car because, well, they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's services like Uber and Lyft and and you know Postmates can bring you food and and <laughs> it's just it's just a totally different world and where it's going next. 10, 20 years, it's just, it's just amazing. It is. Well, Carrie, this was uh, really exciting talking, talking to you, learning about your journey and, and, and how you, you were brought up and, you know, what you've gone through over the years and, and creating these opportunities for yourself and creating opportunities for others. And, and now in a, in a space where you can help other small companies grow and, and um, advise them in, in, you know, what they need to do um, next. It's really cool. I do well, have, you, it's yeah, been super absolutely. fun to, to join. Yeah, absolutely. I do have some questions that I asked towards the end of my podcast, uh, towards the end with my guests. Um, what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Surfing. Oh, nice. You know, I lived over 13 years in California and I wish I'd learned surfing. Um, I did do snow. I, I learned, I learned to snowboard in California. That's good. <laughs> and, and when I lived in Colorado, I didn't go once to snowboard which was mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Like the best snow is in Colorado and I didn't go snowboarding, which is really cool. Really interesting. All right. Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? I think my favorite, uh, and, and partly because it, it sort of resurfaced again for me mm-hmm. is probably Seinfeld. Oh man. I love Seinfeld. I still watch it. I yeah. still laugh. I, I I've seen every episode multiple times, and it yeah. just it just hits my funny bone the right way. Yeah, and every single time you watch it, you, it's like you've already seen the episode, and you already know what's going to happen. But every time they do those lines or go through the motion, you have that same laugh as you did the first time. I really like that about the show. All right, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Uh, if I got to play a character, probably the movie Hoosiers. Okay, Hoosiers. Because it, it really speaks to where I came from, how I grew up. I love basketball. All of my kids play basketball. Mm-hmm. And the Hoosiers story is the quintessential David and Goliath story. And yeah. I would love to be the player on the team who mm-hmm. hit the game winning shot in Hoosiers. That would nice. be a great character. Yes. Nice. I like it. I'll have to go watch that movie. Cause Gene Hackman's in it. And, uh, and yes. uh, Barbara Hershey. Hopper, Barbara Hershey. Yep. Wow. Right. Yeah. Really good cool. cast. Really good cast. Yeah. Awesome. Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? That is a good question. Probably would have to say Superman. Okay. Yeah. He I is. don't have a really compelling reason, but I yeah. think that's probably my, my favorite. Awesome. 
Well, he does, he does bring that, um, that family belonging and, and that, that moral compass, right? Yeah. He has that moral compass that, you know, that other superheroes might not have it. I mean, they all, it's really interesting because he got to grow up in, in a very normal world. So I don't know. I mean, there's, there's probably a lot been said about Superman already. Um, last question. Mm-hmm. If you were a board game, a board game, what would it be? Just because I, I enjoy it so much probably mm-hmm. too, but I would say Scrabble. Okay. Scrabble. Uh, because it's a game where you're somewhat opportunistic. Mm-hmm. You're somewhat trying to live to play another day, play another yeah. round. Yeah. Uh, each game is a little bit different. There are some tried and true things that will help you. Mm-hmm. And there are some words that are really big and some places where you want to play something really small. Yeah. And all of that adds up to the sum total. So I think that that's a good one to sort of describe a little bit about who I am. Nice. I love it. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time. I'll definitely be tuning into your show. Um, and well, uh, where can, uh, where can I, my audience find you or. So you can certainly find me on my uh, weekly show, Accelerate OC and at accelerateoc.com. And you can certainly track me down on LinkedIn very easily. Perfect. Well, thank you again. I'll be including the links on the show notes so my audience can find you and learn more about uh, the amazing things that you're, you're doing every day. Thank you so much again for your time. Thanks, Janae. Great to talk and uh, hope we do it again soon. Absolutely. Bye. Cheers. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today.